0: The CCP and the Democrats have a lot more in common than you think. We'll talk about that coming up. Black Pink. Ka-ching. Unbelievable story. And huh, if you're old enough, you will remember. Waterbeds. Yeah, we're going to talk about waterbeds tonight. Welcome to the Jay Sheldon Show. It's, uh, what is it, Monday? It is, isn't it? Oh my goodness, Monday already. Wow, have they finished uh, counting the votes in uh, Nevada and mostly Arizona? Not yet, because it's election month, you know. It's not election day, election week. It's It's election month. Might turn into election year. You never know unbelievable unbelievable we've lost the plot folks all right (sighs) wow yes i still have the eczema it's all over my face i've tried my best to hide it if it's still there sorry but you know it's just one of those things in life my arms my legs yes doing great yes it's like the picture with the water with the two thumbs you know sticking out of the water we're good (laughs) Unbelievable. All right, let's get you updated on our favorite furry little girl. Miko Update. Miki, 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 Miko Update. She is fan-freaking-tastic. She's doing so well. Uh, there's When we go for a walk, there's another guy who owns two Golden Retrievers. They are so adorable. One is very, very old. He's just on his last leg, sadly. Uh, still goes for the walk, still a little trouble getting around, but he's all right. And then there's Max. Max is this young, like, year-old golden retriever, but he's huge. And Miko is in love with these two dogs. She loves nothing better than to get to see them. Tonight, she went crazy uh, playing with, uh, with Max and the old man. And, uh, well, I mean, the fact that she's in the middle of her cycle... Doesn't hurt. She was, uh, yeah, she was very encouraged to uh, to hang out with the guys tonight, and uh, so she had a great time. This is her at the top of the stairs in our uh, in our uh, mm, mansion. Yeah, <laughs> there she is. She's doing great, though. Fantastic. Thank you all for uh, you, you. I always get PMs and messages, and they say, "Hey, how's Miko? How's Miko? Miko's doing great." And the Miko update is brought to you by the good folks at BarkBox. This is them. BarkBox is a monthly subscription service for your dog. You can specify when you sign up, small, medium, or large, because every month you will get a themed box of treats and toys and a dog chew designed especially to make your dog happy and make you happy too. things inside these boxes are so fantastic. And every month they have a theme. And uh, you can sign up for just one month if you like, or you can sign up for six months or 12 months. If you use our special link, which is BarkBox.com slash Miko, M-I-K-O, you will get an extra month free. You see that right there? This is the exclusive offer you get uh, when you sign up Uh, using our link, BarkBox.com slash Miko. It's available in the U.S., U.S. territories, and Canada. Or if you're in another part of the world, you can always use one of those forward shipping services or maybe you have a friend in the U.S. who could get it shipped to them and have them reship it to you. Uh, It's worth it, trust me. This stuff is so great. You will love it. They promise you will love it with a 100% guarantee of your satisfaction. Something's not right. They will make it right. They have a customer service team here that really goes above and beyond to make sure that you are happy with the product and your doggies happy with the product too. So be sure you check it out, BarkBox.com Miko, M-I-K-O, to get your special deal. And uh, trust me, once you check this site out, you're going to want to hang out and order something because uh, they're great folks. They do a really good job. All right. Well... That's Barkbox.com And what do we got on the top of the top of the notes tonight? Oh yeah. the, the eerie similarities between the Democratic Party and the Chinese Communist Party lingo. Hmm. This is from zerohedge.com. The link is in our show notes. The brilliant former U.S. Supreme Court justice, Antonio Scalia, was once quoted as saying words have meanings and their meaning doesn't change. That is absolutely true. The meanings of commonly understood words are frequently corrupted, represented or obfuscated, there's a big word, by nefarious people. Both the Chinese communist part, look at this moron. Yeah. Both the Chinese Communist Party and the U.S. Democratic Party are masters at obfuscating language to achieve their political objectives. There are even some interesting similarities in certain aspects of messaging by both parties. This is by Tyler Durden at Zero Hedge. Fantastic article. In order to convey a false sense of legitimacy, The leader of the ccp xi jinping regularly opines about the crackpot term whole people's democracy which of course over there means absolutely nothing then endlessly repeats in the echo chamber of the state-run chinese media the concept is absurd of course because there is no such thing as democracy in a one-party dictatorship in which Only the CCP approved candidates occupy positions across all levels of government. The report presented by Xi during the recently conducted 20th National Congress of the CCP included a new slogan that embellishes whole people's democracy, acting for people, relying on people. Uh, More simply, more twisted gobbledygook The CCP's been acting for the people without regard to any democratically obtained input from the Chinese people since they took power back in 1949. Well, the Democratic Party also has a rather odd definition of democracy. Throughout the 2022 election campaign, one of the key pillars of the uh, Democrats' election narrative was save our democracy. Biden attempted to close the political sale November 2nd in a speech devoted almost entirely to condemning extreme Republicans and urging voters to preserve democracy by electing Democrats. Mm. Coupled with the continued Biden administration's weaponizing of federal agencies against perceived political opponents, which they do daily, arresting peaceful anti-abortion activists, suppressing political speech, refocusing investigations and prosecutions over domestic terrorism. Biden's naked political appeal is akin to the CCP's ongoing efforts to permeate a one-party state. You see the similarities? After all, saving our democracy is a thinly-veiled slogan whose real meaning is to save the Democrats not the democratic actions of Americans who are poised to sweep the Democratic Party out of political power. Well, that didn't happen, but it's not as bad as some people are painting it. Democrats would apparently like to act for people and rely on people. Sound familiar? By encouraging voters to support a one-party Democrat-run state, analogous to communist China, political purges in China, political purges, in the Democratic Party, the similarities. If you read, this is a rather lengthy article, but I strongly encourage you to check it out. The link is a top link in our show notes in today's show, our description down below. Do check it out. And uh, it's fascinating, the parallels that are drawn between the Chinese Communist Party and the democratic party are frightening you will walk away with a different look at exactly how the uh the old demo rats are operating it's scary stuff all right check out that link it's from zero hedge and the link is in our show notes Okay, what else we got going on here? Oh, <laughs> I, I don't get involved in Malaysian politics because I am a guest here. I'm not allowed to get involved in Malaysian politics. I wish that I could, but I cannot. However, every now and then, a story crosses the headlines that I just have to, I, I just have to share it. I'm not going to make a whole lot of comment about it, but I'm going to share it. And by the way, if you're not in Malaysia, trust me, hang around. Cause this is, this is a shake your head. If there ever was one, as you know, the whole COVID-19 pandemic mask wearing, which proved to be perfectly useless, political crap, lockdowns which did far more harm than any good every study ever done said that lockdowns look it harmed our kids it killed their education their comprehension our children suffered most from these ridiculous lockdowns you put businesses out of business Businesses that have been around for ages, mom and pop operations, all closed down, out of business, and these people are now scrambling for how to make a living because of these ridiculous, useless, proven, useless lockdowns. Countries around the world are now realizing what a mistake the lockdowns were. One group even now says, oh, let's let's kosong kosong. Let's, let's just forgive and forget. Yeah, that ain't going to happen. All right. I'm just going to show you this because after having said all that, which is all true, this is funny. This is a former prime minister. And he says, being called the father of the MCO, that's a lockdown movement control order is a label, a badge of honor, as it saved lives. Anwar, I'm just reading from the Malay Mail here. Anwar Abraham says, I'm the father of MCO, but he doesn't realize that if during that time I didn't implement the MCO, many more lives would have been lost due to COVID-19. In Malaysia, 99% of COVID-19 patients recovered and went home safely, while the U.S. recorded 1.6 million deaths. Last time I checked, they had about 10 times the population of Malaysia. Anwar went to the same university as I did, which is University Malaya. He said, 36,000 deaths in Malaysia is the biggest figure in the world, even bigger than 1.6 million. Uh... This was at a Cherima in Batu Pahat. He told the crowd Malaysia's vaccine rollout was faster than other countries in the region, and his government also offered aid to the masses at the time to ensure there was food on the table, and for the people who, when many economic sectors were temporarily closed, many of whom I might add, never opened again. So, he's rather proud of that moniker. Okie dokie. Speaking of people not having enough money, (laughs) do you like Blackpink? You know what? I'll be perfectly honest with you. I don't know, nor do I think I've ever heard a single song from Blackpink. Not one. I don't know any of their music. I know who they are. I know how insanely pop- popular they are. I know people go crazy for them. But I couldn't possibly. Let me, let me see. Nope, I couldn't care less. Blackpink. <laughs> anyway, having said that, I'm not the generation, so of course. But I know that they are insanely popular? How popular? Well, they're coming to Malaysia, Malaysia is on their tour, and their ticket sales are up to 1,888 ringgit. Are you kidding me? I I don't think so. Yeah, the rest of that headline from the world of buzz is people think it's too expensive. You think? Look at that. Yeah, look at that. Category VIP, Born Pink, soundcheck package, 1,808. That is more than a lot of people make a month. Again, because, you know, the USD to ring it is like 1,000 to 1. That's like a free concert ticket. But (laughs) no, but it's very high. Anyway, even category 1. Fifteen hundred over dollars. Category two I can't read all this. Category three seven hundred something. Category four is five hundred. These are all pl- probably nosebleed sections where you know black pink would look about this big on stage. Is anybody actually buying these tickets in today's economy? Is is there anybody going? Show of hands. Let me know in the chat. Send me a message. I cannot, I cannot, K-pop girl group Blackpink coming to Kuala Lumpur. Next year for their Born Pink World Tour, the organizers revealed ticket prices that range from 388 to 1,888 ringgit, depending on the seats and the package. Unbelievable. Yeah, here's where the nosebleeds are. They start right about there. That is insane. After the information released, many netizens said the price is way too expensive. Some uh, Blink fans think they're worth it. (laughs) Who decides on the price? Well, previously, the indoor rock zone price was only 700 plus ringgit. Blinks, who wants to see the Blackpink, wouldn't mind the price. Remember to snatch for the VIP seat. It's too expensive, people said. Are the seats coated in gold? Yeah, you'd think so. 1 888, too funny. The seats are gold. Uh, these are some of the reactions online. Other than the price, many netizens also worried the further seating would be too far away from the stage, like I said. Also, uh, comment, uh, commenters who jokingly said they will bring binoculars to the. Well, you're going to need them. Meanwhile, some fans are actually excited about the world tour. Uh, It'll be held at Bukit Jalil National Stadium, March 4th, 2023 at 8 p.m. I'm really interested in whether or not there are anybody sitting anywhere close to the stage, because that is an insane amount of money. Whether you are a huge fan or not, if you can't afford it, you can't afford it. Really, seriously, don't give up food for black pink, okay? It's really not worth it. Hang on, coffee break time. Mm. Oh, that's good coffee. All right, what else we got going on? Oh, yeah, you know, <laughs> we talk about the Great Reset. We talk about the parallel economy. We talk about a digital economy. We talk about taking away all your rights and uh, taking away your money cashless society, stupidity. Uh, One of the things that uh, conspiracy theorists love is the idea of these brain implants, you know, chips in your brain, things like that. A chip in your hand, you can wave your hand over top and pay for your food and stuff, whatever your purchases are. Not really a very good idea, but they are pushing it. Well, in one case, this is from AstroAwani.com, links in our show notes. It's a rather cool story of maybe something positive that might come out of this whole brain implant thing. A brainwave reading implant lets a paralyzed man spell out 1,100 words. Weird. Weird. Check out this story. It's in our show notes. A paralyzed man who can't speak or type was able to spell out well over a thousand words using a neuroprosthetic device that translates his brain waves into full sentences. Anything is possible. This is one of the main favorite, uh, man's favorite phrases to spell out. And the first author of the new study on the research, Son Metzger, from the University of California, San Francisco. Last year, the team of US, uh, UCSF researchers showed the brain implant, can it's called a brain-computer interface, could translate 50 very common words that the man attempted to say them in full. He would attempt to say them, his brain would realize what word he was forming, and this sensor would type it out for him. New study published in the journal Nature Communications, they were able to decode him silently, miming the 26 letters of the phonetic alphabet. So if he was trying to say cat, for example, he would say Charlie Alpha Tango. Spelling interface, then used the language modeling to, in real time, crunch the idea, work out possible words, and... uh, Spell it out. Charlie Alpha Tango, cat. Unbelievable. He, the guy is in his late 30s. He suffered a stroke when he was 20 that left him with anarthria. I don't know what that is. Oh, the inability to speak intelligibly. Kind of like Fetterman. Uh, though his cognitive function remained intact. Not like Fetterman. Uh, he normally communicates by using a pointer attached to a baseball cap and pokes at letters on a screen. This allows him to break away from that. This is a fascinating story. It's in our show notes tonight. Check it out. Um, The technology. Used, in this case, for some good instead of some bad. High-tech stuff. Very cool. Check out the link in our show notes tonight. Uh, We will get to Bambi, by the way. That's coming up. All right. I would guess if you are... Hold on. (laughs) Hang on. All right. I would guess that if you are over 40, I'm going to say 40, you will remember our next topic, our last topic for the night before we get to our book. Do you remember waterbeds? Oh, yeah. (laughs) I loved my waterbed. It was so cool. I, it was a pain to get used to, but once you got used to it and I had a heated water bed, basically what a water, if you don't know, a water bed is a big full-size mattress, but it's filled with water. Now, as you can guess, it weighs a ton and a lot of places would not allow you to have them because the floors wouldn't hold up the weight of a water bed. A lot of water beds wind up going right through the floor. But waterbeds used to be a $2 billion industry. Look at the, now I can't play the sound for this because I'll get copyright strikes, but this is an old ad. Look at 189 bucks for the waterbed. There it is. It would come with a frame and uh, you can see when somebody jumps on it here. There you go. You see that? But the nice part was that it just, it conformed to your body. It supported you all over. And uh, Yeah, of course, you know, Playboy was involved also because that's the first thing people think of. But waterbeds were absolutely incredible back in the day. They were big, really, I would say in the 80s. Will waterbeds make a comeback? Look at that. Oh, man, look at that sheet set. If that isn't right out of the, was it the 60s, maybe? Oh, man. Yeah, He Charlie Hall invented the waterbed back in 1968, just after the Summer of Love. Started uh, what became a $2 billion industry. The water-filled mattresses earned a uh, provocative reputation throughout its heyday in the 70s and 80s. I guess I had mine right at the turn of the decade between the late 70s, early 80s. But Hall intended for waterbeds to actually, not for, you know, that... But for people to get better sleep, the research on the health benefits were never really conclusive. Uh, Hall's new company, Hall Flotation, is a brand new company now, just started, aims to bring back water beds, And they have a new wave suppression system. Uh, wow. <laughs> Very cool. Um, wouldn't you rather spend your evening in a waterbed? For a limited time, $189.99. man waterbeds were all the thing uh back when i was in my my 20s and 30s and uh yeah i'm telling you if you've never seen a water check out the link it's in our show notes there's pictures there's that video which will show you all the different styles of waterbeds and i'm telling you they were comfortable no doubt about it 100 percent It is the most comfortable night's sleep you will ever have. Yes, it takes some getting used to because you get in and, you know, you got that wave action going on. But I'm telling you, waterbeds were the bomb. They were the bomb. (laughs) You got to check them out. All right. What else we got going on here? Hang on a second. Yeah. Where are we? Hold on. I have to do a little technical thing here. So give me half a second. I have no idea what's happening here. There we go. Okay, cool. All right, here we go. You ready? It's time to switch over to cam one, please. Thank you. And uh, pop in our little uh, slide of the cover of the book and move on over to our book, which is Bambi, the original by, uh, by Felix Salton, uh, originally written in German, translated to English. And the story of Bambi, of course, everybody knows it. Everybody's likely seen the animated 60s cartoon of uh, Bambi, the animated film. And we have been reading Bambi. Uh, We sadly just got to the part where Bambi's mom has passed away. And uh, we're moving on to Chapter 12. So without further ado, let's jump into Chapter 12 of Bambi. The meadow had long since lost its Catskins. Everything began to turn green, although the young leaves on the bushes and the trees were still small. Shimmering in the tender light of early morning, they showed a smiling freshness. Seemed like little children just when they woken up. Bambi stood in front of a hazel bush, striking his new crown against the wood. This was so enjoyable was also necessary, as the glory of his head was still wrapped in velvet and fur, and it had to come off, that was a matter of course, and no one, with any sense of tidiness, would just wait for them to fall off by themselves. Bambi swept his crown so the coating of velvet was torn into shreds, and long strips of it dangled around his ears. When he struck up and down at the hazel bush, he felt his crown was harder than it had been. This feeling permeated his whole being and gave him an inebriated sense of pride and strength. He pushed himself hard against the bush, and this coating was torn off in long pieces. The naked white wood could be seen, and in the unfamiliar open air it quickly turned to a rusty red. Bambi wasn't able to care about that. He saw the pale flesh of the wood flash up under his movements, and that enchanted him. Here in this round place, where there were many other hazel bushes and dogwood bushes that showed the marks of his efforts. Have you nearly finished, then? said a cheerful voice from nearby. Bambi threw his head up and looked around. There sat the squirrel, "'with a friendly look on his face. "'Bambi and the squirrel were nearly startled by the woodpecker, "'who, sitting close to the trunk of the oak tree, called down, "'Please excuse me. "'I always have to laugh when I see the two of you like that.' "'What is it, then, that's making you laugh so loudly?' "'asked Bambi politely. "'Well, then,' thought the woodpecker, "'you're doing the whole thing wrong.' For one thing, you ought to have chosen a tree that's stronger. You won't get anything from a thin little hazel bush. What should I be getting then, said Bambi. Beetles, the woodpecker laughed. Beetles and grubs, look, this is how you do it. And he drummed on the trunk of the oak. Tuck, 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 tuck. The squirrel rushed up to him and quarrelsomely asked, What do you think you're talking about? The prince isn't looking for beetles and grubs. Why not? said the woodpecker, complacently. "'It tastes delicious. He bit into a beetle, swallowed it, and went on drumming. You don't understand, the squirrel scolded again. A noble gentleman like this has other higher goals to pursue. You just make yourself look ridiculous. Well, it doesn't matter to me, the woodpecker replied. "'I don't care a thing about these higher goals of yours.' "'And he called cheerfully and flew away. "'The squirrel scampered back down. "'Don't you know me?' he asked, looking very satisfied with himself. "'I... I think I do know you,' was Bambi's friendly answer. "'You live up there,' and he indicated the oak tree above them. "'The squirrel looked at him with a grin.' You're confusing me with my grandmother," he said. "I knew it. I knew you were confusing me with my grandmother. My grandmother lived up there ever since I was a child, Prince Bambi. She often told me about you, only, only when she was killed by the polecat, long time ago. That was in the, in the winter time. Do you remember? Yes, I do," Bambi nodded. "I, I heard about it." "'Well, then, after my father moved in here,' the squirrel told him, "'he showed up, showed astonishment in his eyes, "'and held both paws politely on his white breast. "'But you might also be confusing me with my father. "'Do you know my father?' "'I'm afraid not,' Bambi answered. "'I've never had the pleasure.' "'That's what I thought,' exclaimed the squirrel in satisfaction. "'My father was so surely and shy.' He didn't have any contact with anyone. Where is he now? Bambi asked. Oh, said the squirrel a a month ago, the owl got him. Yes, and now it's me who lives up here. I'm very satisfied with it. Just think, it was up here that I was born. Bambi began to turn and was about to go. Wait, called the squirrel quickly. I really didn't mean to tell you all that stuff. I I wanted to say something completely different. Bambi stayed where he was. What was that then? He asked patiently. Yeah, um, what was that? The squirrel thought about it and then made another sudden leap, sat upright, leaning against his magnificent bushy tail and looked at Bambi. Right, I've got it now, he continued to burble. "I I wanted to tell you that You'll soon be ready with that crown of yours, and it's going to be very beautiful. Do you think so? asked Bambi, pleased. Beautiful, declared the squirrel, and in his enthusiasm he pressed both his forepaws against his white breast, so high, so majestic, and such long, bright points. You don't often find them like that. "'Really?' Bambi asked. "'He became so pleased that he went back to the hazel bush "'and started striking it for a while longer. "'The velvet was thrown around into the air in long strands. "'Meanwhile, the squirrel went on speaking. "'I really must say that others of your age "'don't have a crown as magnificent as yours. "'You wouldn't think it's possible.' Anyone who knew you last summer, and I did catch a sight of you a few times in the distance, probably wouldn't believe you're the same deer. Such thin little sticks you had in those days. Bambi suddenly stopped. Goodbye, he said hurriedly. I have to go. And he ran on. He didn't like being reminded of the previous summer. It had been a difficult time for him. First of all, after his mother disappeared, he felt totally abandoned. The winter had been so long. Spring had come hesitantly and was a long time before anything green appeared. Without Mrs. Netla, Bambi wouldn't have been able to manage, but she'd taken him in and helped him in every way she could. Nonetheless, he often felt himself alone. He missed Gobo all the time. Poor Gobo who must now be dead like the others. Gobo was continually on his mind at this time, and it was only too late that he realized how lovable he'd been. He rarely saw Faelene. She always stayed close to her mother and turned out to be remarkably shy. Later, when at last it had become warm, Bambi began to recover his mood. He wiped his first crown clean of its velvet and was very proud of it. A bitter disappointment was soon to follow. The other crown wearers chased him away whenever they saw him. They pushed him away angrily. They they wouldn't tolerate him getting close to anyone, manhandling him, until with every step he took, he was afraid of being found by them, afraid of being seen anywhere. And he crept along in the most hidden paths with a feeling of being oppressed, At the same time, while the days became warmer and sunnier, he became gripped by a strange unease. His heart became ever more oppressed with a yearning that was both painful and welcome. Whenever he happened to see Faline or one of her friends in the distance, he was overcome by a storm of excitement he could not understand. It even happened quite often that he would recognize just a trace of where she'd been, or that he would draw in a breath to test the air and smell that she was nearby. He felt irresistibly drawn to her even more often. But if he gave in to this longing that drew him to her, it always turned out badly. Either he would find no one and, in the end, tired out after wandering about for so long, have to acknowledge that the others were avoiding him. Or he came across one of the crowned heads, who would immediately leap out at him, push him and drive him away, shouting insults. Worst of all, Rano and Caris had taken against him. No, this was not a happy time. That's where we're going to leave it for tonight. And we'll continue on and find out what happens next in the adventures of Bambi. (laughs) All right, folks. Thanks so much for uh, popping in tonight. Please like and subscribe. You can find us on Facebook, YouTube, Facebook for now. We may not be on Facebook much longer because I'm getting pretty fed up with Facebook crap. Anyway, you'll always find us on rumble.com. Just check out rumble.com, sign up for a free account, subscribe over there. That's our main channel. And of course, twitch.tv, where you will find us uh, Monday, Wednesday, and Saturday nights. This is The Jay Sheldon Show. Good night. Snort. <laughs>